Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. It's time for the B-A-Q-A. A, the mm. B-A-Q-A, what you say? The B-A-Q-A with Tiffany. The B-A-Q-A with Manday. The B-A-Q-A. Welcome to Brown Ambition Question and Answer. You have questions, we have answers within reason because we're not your financial advisor, we're not your attorney, but we are your smart financial girlfriends, okay? And on the internet. Yeah, some smart ladies on the internet. I'm excited because Mandra has an update for us. So maybe Mandy, paint the scene for like, it's an update for what? I love a good sequel. <clears throat> so <laughs> if you guys have been following a few weeks back, we got a question from a listener named Kevin. First of all, mm-hmm. Kevin, shout out to you because, you know, not our target audience, but we love you for listening. He had mm-hmm. such an interesting question. He 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 sent us a message saying basically that his wife was not going up for promotion at work and he was trying to encourage her to do so. He wanted her to be, and this was a kicker, he wanted her to be a good role model for their daughter and basically show their daughter that she could be a leader. And I don't know, Tiff, if you remember our responses, but I know the one thing I remember and what Kevin has pointed out here in his um, follow-up is I was like, wait, wait, wait a minute, Kevin, you think you know what's best for your wife, but your wife, because she doesn't want to go for this promotion, it may not mean that she's unambitious. It just yeah. may mean that like she has identified this is not the place, you know, I want to be stepping up. Like they may mm-hmm. not support me, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, what else about Kevin? So anyway, it's been weeks that was one of our more popular, one of our most popular BA Q&As ever. And we have been yes. waiting, Kevin, for your With bated breath. <laughs> With bated <laughs> breath. So let's get into it. He has, oh, Kevin. All right, let me read this to you. Greetings, ladies. I just want to say thank you for taking my question. First, let me thank you for pointing out how my words related to my wife setting an example for our daughter could be misconstrued. Let me say that my wife is an outstanding role model to our daughter. I was talking in terms of negotiating for higher wages and getting promoted, but I see how someone could read that differently. My wife loves our kids beyond measure, and that's the best possible example. Also, she's see, he's digging himself out of a hole. <laughs> she's gorgeous, kind, forgiving, a gift from God, and 10 times smarter than me. <laughs> I love it. Sorry it took so long for the update, but your advice opened up some really good dialogue. I have to admit, I wrote my question hoping you would give me some tricks to convince my wife to just go for it. But what happened was the exact opposite. After listening to the podcast, it was as if everything my wife had been telling me shifted and my whole perspective changed. 
Through our conversation, I realized that the fear I thought I saw was just my wife not feeling she was in an environment that would nurture and support her. I wouldn't call her environment toxic because she likes her job and her coworkers. After re-listening to her, I realized she doesn't feel like the current leadership at her job can provide enough support and guidance for someone stepping into a brand new leadership position. All right, Kevin, you're halfway out of the hole that you've dug, but it gets better, Tiff. Are you ready? Listening to the podcast, I realized that I was falling into that trap where I knew what was best for her. And like you said, she's one of those people who knows when to say enough. I am now focusing on just shutting up and listening (laughs) and letting her tell me what she wants, which honestly, she's been doing the whole time. When I took a minute to stop and think about it, I wrote into the podcast looking to help her, but all along, I was the one who needed help. At this point, I don't believe that he's writing this. I think his wife is writing this for him. <laughs> I'm going to keep wife. Because <laughs> I just want all the husbands out there to just listen, okay? <laughs> I like to think of myself as supportive, but sometimes my ambition to be this power couple clouds my judgment. I mm. have to start realizing that our power as a couple isn't tied up in our titles or how much money we make, but in the fact that we are a loving black couple that's been together for 25 years. Love it. We have raised three awesome children and we love our, we love each other now more than ever. Thank you for the advice. I don't think this email can truly express how transformative your advice was. I'm a better husband now because of the advice you gave me, your biggest fan, Kevin. Kevin, first of all, (laughs) Kevin's wife was standing over his shoulders and say, and write that. Yeah, the beautiful part, beautiful, smarter than me. (laughs) Honestly, first of all, (laughs) Kevin was like, like, let me reread it. She said, you know, let me make some edits because you over here not really fully express it. First of all, Kevin, (laughs) we stand a husband that wants to do and be better. So let's just give you a round of applause for that. So that's awesome. The fact that you, the fact is you reached out to ask for help. Um, but we're open when the feedback didn't align with what you expected, which speaks volumes about you and your character. So, you know, yes. your wife is not the only, um, um, you you are not the only lucky one. You know, she is fortunate to have you as well. And I just love the fact that I suspected she was already telling you, but oftentimes we don't hear our significant other until someone else said something similar. So I love the mm-hmm. fact that you were like, wait, she has said that. And like, literally, Mandy, it's like what you said. That she was like, you were like, I mean, she sounds ambitious and amazing. Maybe she just looking around and was like, oh, no, y'all not going to have me up here looking like how you looking up here without support and free falling. No, 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 no. So I love the fact that that's what it was um, and that you figured out that's what it was. And so, like, I'm just honestly, I'm just this is like my favorite BAQA moment. If I do say so myself and I do. I think I would join you in that. Yes. (laughs) So warm and fuzzy. And this is why you've been married for 25 years, Kevin. We were never worried for you. 25 years. This is how a man, this is how every couple should handle, you know, maybe don't, you know, send questions to podcasters. That's part of that fundamental, (laughs) you know, (laughs) process. But in this case, it worked out. And I'm so glad that it helped you better understand where your wife was coming from. And this is the thing. I don't think I would have been able to even think of this question and this response in this way had I not spent the past year talking to hundreds of black and brown women Mm -hmm. who are feeling just like your wife. And it opened my eyes up to this notion that, oh, we're just not you know, we're not earning more because we're not ambitious enough. We're not going for the leadership roles because we don't think that, you know, we would be good enough or we have imposter syndrome and all that bullshit. 
when really it's like, so what are the organizations doing to make us feel like we would mm -hmm. succeed in that role? And like, what supports and resources are they giving us so that we can thrive? Um, so I'm just, yes, big, warm, over the moon. fuzzy, yes, over the moon with this response. I hope you guys just have a beautiful date night and laugh yes. about this. Um, Kevin, we're your biggest fans too, I would say. Oh, and I forgot the PS. PS, he says, Tiffany, I'm still putting your book on the prime spot at every bookstore I go to. Yeah, I mean, thank you. Okay, get good with money, still out here doing his thing. <laughs> and just like, we just want to shout out to Kevin's mm -hmm. wife, who clearly reread this was like, and again, because you was reckless yeah. that first one. Like, Kev's wife, girl, <laughs> you got yourself a good one, girl. You got him all the way together. Yes. Like, okay. I could just see him being like, I want to play you with the lady's headset. I wonder if he played it for her. She mm -hmm. was like, that's what I've been trying to tell you. With yeah. love. <laughs> So let's move on to some other people's lives that we need to be saving, you know, that. Hmm, oh, okay. yes. Because mm -hmm. we over here just uh, no doing pressure. it. <laughs> no um, pressure, no pressure. <laughs> we've got a, a message from um, Cassandra, not their real name, but that's okay, girl. We love a, um, a fake name. Hi, Tiffany and Mandy. First, can I just say how much I admire both of you? I grew up in a household where we lived paycheck to paycheck and never talked about money. So your podcast is bridging that gap. Thank you. You're welcome, girl. My question is about navigating the option between public and private work and pay. I'm a lawyer. Okay, girl, smart. Who recently graduated and I am currently deciding between accepting a job in the public sector, nonprofit or government, or the private sector, law firm. My heart is in doing public public interest law, but the salary gap is huge. If I went the public interest route, I would be making anywhere from fifty dollars to $65,000 while at a law firm, I would make 215000 starting and be given, oh wow, and be given an $80,000 bonus. I have interviewed at law firms and this is what they've offered. To top it off, I'm the sole breadwinner. Oh, my husband is a recent immigrant and a full-time student and I have a two-year-old daughter. I won't say her name because I'm assuming that's in her name. How do you suggest I approach this choice? I feel like doing what I love is completely out of the question because of the salary gap. If I go the private route, how do I deal with the guilt that comes from working for companies instead of doing the work for the greater good? What say you, Mandra? Oh, well, Cassandra, I mean, I, first of all, I feel like you're so not alone in this yeah. predicament. And the thing that I want you to like, what I can tell that you're you're putting so much pressure on yourself as yeah. if this is the only career choice you're ever going to make. You know, the yeah. facts are you can get a really nice salary and you can still do good work working for a yes. private firm. Yes. You can be choosy about which firm you do. You can choose a firm that gives you, I've had coaching clients who've, you know, had pro bono cases that they can take or the firm commits mm -hmm. some percentage of their hours to pro bono work. Think about what you, how much, how much you would be able to do with those additional resources for your family, and then also potentially you could maybe give away some of your knowledge yourself, mm -hmm. like volunteering for a nonprofit mm -hmm. or volunteering for an organization or for people that you may want to help. You can still do that, you know. So I don't think you should feel guilty at all for accepting a really accepting what you're worth. Yes. you know, from a private firm. You're a breadwinner. Everyone's circumstances are different, right? You're in a situation where you don't have all the options in the world to just take a job for the love of it. Like you have mm -hmm. a family to support, yeah. a husband who you said recently immigrated and may be trying to establish his career. So like He's you can take right on that now. role as breadwinner. Yeah, for now. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And then you could do it for a few years, a couple years, one year, whatever. And then if you decide to change and it's not right for you, make that change at that time. You know, so I feel like people just put a lot of pressure on one choice as if yes. I'm going to make this choice and this is who I'm going to be the rest of my life when that's not always the case. It's rarely the case. And I'll say this, Cassandra, because I struggle with this. When I first started the Budgetista, my intention was to make it a nonprofit organization because I wanted to be of service. And I thought that's the best way I'm going to give, you know, I'll find some funding and to give my services away for free. Um, but it just wasn't the right fit. Because for some reason I had decided that if you're going to do good work, you have to be like a financial martyr, you know? And I had done that being a preschool teacher. I really didn't make much, but you know, it was just me. I didn't have children. I wasn't married when I was in my twenties. And so, you know, I, I had, I made less and, and I don't regret that, but I realized with the budget Nista that you can do both, that it is a business that gives away so much information for free. And then, you know, we, I've, you know, I've figured out ways to monetize in ways that are still in alignment with my integrity. So to Mandy's point, like there are um, organizations that you could donate your time and energy to. Like I know, for example, in Newark, there is a, like a, like a group of lawyers that like, you know, every Tuesday you can kind of go to some office and ask all these different questions of them. And they give that time away for free to the residents of Newark, you know? And so there are things you can still do that gives your time. And with those financial funds, you are able to, if your husband is an immigrant, one thing I know for, one thing for certain, two things for sure, people who, you know, immigrants give money back home. Right. And so I look at my parents and how many people that they've helped while being here and how we continue that legacy. And so you being married to your husband, it opens up. I'm not sure what your background is, but it opens up your opp- the opportunity to also help family members, you know, uh, potentially financially. Because if, you know, with that salary, which is incredible, plus that bonus, which is super incredible, I can imagine how hard you must have worked with a two year old. That means you were pregnant while you were in law school. Girl. You know, mm. you. Yeah, that's y- true. Y- yeah. Holy shit. So, yeah. girl, you're just, you're rock starring it. You don't have to take less in order to prove that you care about people. Work, walking with integrity is not about taking less. It's just about your day to day actions. And there are other ways to do that without, without like sacrificing your family's financial future. So, congratulations, Cassandra. Yeah. We are proud of you over here at the BA of the QA um, and continue soaring. Obviously, the decision is yours, but know if you needed that permission, that's what she was asking for. Girl, two brown girls are saying, get your money, honey. Get permission your money, slip honey. granted. Yes, granted. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> Those private firms need more women of color too. Girl. I just feel like, yes, when you find the right fit, you'll be making a huge impact no matter where you go. And I mean, mm-hmm. this is just the privilege of not having, this is the privilege that you can be building for your daughter to maybe one day make a choice for whatever she wants to do just based on passion. Because you're, because you, you know, starting off this new generation of wealth building like you're doing, like you made that possible for her. Um, that's what I feel like I'm doing every day. Just giving Rio, Rio can just go be a poet. Just I go, love that. baby. Just go be a I poet, go that. be an artist, whatever you want to be. <laughs> I love that. Oh, man. All right. Well, should we take a quick break? And we'll be right back with a really good question from someone who wants to go by Ag Girl. I want to find out why. Mm. See y'all right back here with more of your BA Q&As. Hey, BA fam. This episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. 
They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. All right, BA fan, we are back with your question. Did you catch how I said holy shirt, Tiffany? Because I almost... (laughs) died when I said holy shirt. <laughs> this is when you know Rio is now responding to and com- repeating oh. everything I say. <laughs> I was like, man, do you cuss a little? And you're like, Speech not delay, no more. <laughs> no, the other day I, I used, I did not say holy shirt and he, he repeated that all the way to daycare. Oh and my gosh. I said, oopsie. Anyway, to our <laughs> to our question, this comes from a listener who'd like to go by Ag Girl. She or he says, "I am well." I mean, it's she. She says, "I am a new graduate, and I landed an amazing job in my field of my in the field of my dreams with great benefits." I'm wondering, how do you balance illustrating your Oprah as a new employee while still having a good work-life balance? You all stress not to overwork yourself, but I feel like this is what I need to do to get noticed. Can you provide some advice on illustrating your Oprah as a new graduate, but not overworking ourselves to get noticed? Excellent question, that girl. First of all, Agra, so just for the folks of you who are listening who might not know what illustrating your Oprah is, honestly, it's just this term that I came up with where I was like, because when I first started the Budgetista, no one would like let me speak, not even for free, let alone pay me. And I remember at first I was, I used to just tell myself, oh, that's because they don't have the budget. They don't have money. And then one day someone who had told me no, told someone else, yes. Like they told me no for the free thing and paid them like $200. And I was like, what Mm. the hell? And I realized like they do have the money. They're just not giving it to me. Why? Why? And I I thought, (laughs) and I remember distinctly thinking, I bet if if I was Oprah, they would pay me. And then something in me was like, yeah, if you were Oprah, they would pay you because Oprah clearly illustrates her value. And I was like, oh, it was a read for filth internally. So I realized that like somehow I have to showcase my value so undeniably that they pay me as quickly like they would pay Oprah, you know? And still to this day, I still work on that. So just so you guys know, that's where Illustrating Your Oprah comes from, okay? So, Ag Girl, you are right in that there are, not all time is created equally, Right. So there are going to be times when you're going to be working more than others and leaning in more than others. I don't believe in balance. I believe in what I call harmony. So balance, all things in equal measure, same, you know, like um, alone time at home, you know, time with your girls is the same time with your partner, time at work. No, ain't no such thing as balance to keep all of those things equally weighted. Instead, there's harmony. You ever listen to a song? Sometimes the pranos are, the sopranos are dominating. They're a little louder. So sometimes work is a little louder. And sometimes the here comes the baritones, they dominate. And so maybe that's like, you know, um, partner time. Like that's what's dominant this weekend. And so it is okay to fluctuate in and out of like, you know, it's like when you first start a business, same thing. You're going to have to lean in and work harder than what I'm doing now. Like I don't work nearly as hard um, from when I first started the Budget Nista. But when I launched something new, I knew, I know that it's going to require more of me than when I'm already coasting through doing that thing for, for an, um, a number of years. So 
I don't want you to think that you're not supposed to work hard, but overwork just means if you are exhausted and spent and you, you're just like sick of it, then you know you have pushed yourself too hard. The sopranos are doing too much. They need to sit down and let the, the altos sing a little song. You know what I mean? And so that's what it looks like. Like, so I'll give you an example of someone on my team who's done that. Her name is Logan. Shout out to Logan. She's amazing. So when Logan first came to me, Logan was the, um, she worked in customer support on the Literature Academy side of my business. So that's my online school. And Logan was in customer support, you know, just literally making a few bucks an hour. She was so good and she created like a system for us to answer customer support more succinctly that I made her the customer support manager. You know, and Logan is someone who's always reading a book, taking a course, taking a class. So she got to be so good, the customer support manager in that she trained everyone. And so we could literally satisfy 30,000 people in our, in our academy with like three or four people on customer support. I was so impressed. I said, what do you actually want to do, Logan? And she's like, I really love researching. I love how you write your copy, Tiffany. I want to learn how to copyright. I said, bet. So I started to teach her how to copyright and she got so good. So it took me her maybe six months to like eight months to like kind of shadow me and like copywriting. And then I let it, her take it on on her own and just I would just review everything she wrote. And by a year's time, Logan was just as good as a copywriter and now she's even better. And so the point now where then I promoted her to content manager. So she writes all my emails. She does all my social media posts. And you know what I mean? So, but you see the, the, how Logan illustrated her Oprah was she didn't just do her job well. She prepared for what the next level might look like by learning something new. And so when, after my husband passed away, I could not support the 15 people I had on the team at Bajanista. It just was too much. But I let go of everybody except for my admin and Logan. Why? Because her value was so illustrated. I, I was like, yo, if I can't let go of Logan, I need Logan, right? Because she illustrated her value so much so. Like if I talk to Logan now, ask her, what are you doing right now? She's like, oh, I'm taking this Instagram course so I can learn how to like, you know, to get her Instagram like popping. Oh, I took this course on Pinterest because that's Logan always stretching to learn, to grow, to add new skill sets to her, to her toolkit. You, she illustrates her Oprah so, um, so succinctly and so powerfully that even if I would have let go of Logan, there are people now squatting on, you still working with Logan? Oh, okay. Is, is Logan available? Oh. <laughs> like Logan would have no problem replacing me with another job because she's just so valuable. So that's what illustrating your Oprah looks like in real time. And also, you know, creating harmony with working hard when you need to work hard and pulling back when you need to pull back. I love when you talk about that Logan story. It's a great example of, well, I also think it's a really good example of as a leader recognizing like, cause people can be illustrating their Oprah, but if you're not as a leader seeing it and mm. like rewarding them and showing them that with hard work. And for so many people, there's a lot of Oprahs out there who are just not being seen because they have teams or management that just not is recognizing their talent. Um, what I love about a recent grad, that's why I got excited ad girl when I saw your question is like, oh, you can be molded. Like you're so <laughs> young. And this is your first, you know, it sounds like the first full time job you've had. And just I would add to that, 
you know, how do I how do I define illustrating your Oprah? You know, for me, I think it's all about your professional brand. Mm -hmm. And first and foremost, that's like how the outside world outside of your employer is viewing your work. So this is people who you may engage with on LinkedIn, or through networking events, what do they know about the work that you're doing? And are you telling them and showing them so you're not the best kept secret? And then it's also like, how do people at your company view you? You're so new that your first years, you know, if you go back to Tiffany's story about Logan, you know, she spent months doing really well. And I'm assuming like demonstrating that with Tiffany and letting you see the growth and all of that, and then moving on to the next thing. And so I think in your first year, especially, give yourself time to make an impact, give yourself time yeah. to learn and to see what is needed and to try to fill that need, you know, in your new role. I wouldn't go ob of a above and beyond just working just to be working. Like mm -hmm. take the tasks that you're given and complete them and learn and grow. But the best way to sort of expand your professional brand at work is to actually keep your manager and your team abreast of what it is that you're up to. So I love the idea of doing a weekly recap email for your manager, especially when you're new, just literally mm. can be a few sentences. Here's what I've been up to. Here's what I've been doing. This is really good for managers who are maybe a little bit more off hands and you don't feel like they're recognizing what you're doing. Demonstrate your Oprah, tell them what you've been doing. Mm -hmm. So keeping them updated with like a weekly recap email, a monthly, if you don't have a regular one-on-one -on -one with your manager asked to schedule one. The key is just recognizing that sometimes we have to tell people that we're ready for more and tell them that we are worthy of more and not like waiting for them to tap us on the shoulder and be like, you know, that's the ideal. I feel like Tiffany, you're just like, you're a badass. I'm going to give you more. Some managers are just clueless. And so we have to yeah. like say, hey, hi, give me more. And if not, you know, I'm going to be moving on down the road to someone who will give me more. So that's what I would say. Don't overwork yourself for the sake of doing it. And I also think if you're if you're being impactful and like really helping your team, then you can't make the mistake of thinking that I'm meant to do everything by myself and kill myself because at the end of the day, if they're not actually asking you to do that, that'd be a problem too. But if you're just telling yourself, I need to work around the clock and, you know, really burn myself out, all you're going to do is end up resentful and like burnt out. And mm -hmm. that's a mistake that too many women are making, professionals are making, you know, in their careers as well. But you're so young, there's time. Don't, don't do that. Yes, girl, you're going to be looking good as Oprah's bank account. Mm -mm 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 -mm. <laughs> good luck in uh, the new job for you. Yes. Oh, the youth. Yeah, the Thank fact you. you're asking that question speaks volumes about like, you know, I feel like you're going to crush it and kill it. So check in with us in a few months. We'd love to know how it's going. Give us another Kevin update. Kevin style yes. update. <laughs> all right, Ag Girl, and to all of our incredible listeners who sent us your questions, thank you so much. If you have a question you want featured on the show in the BAQ&A, hit us up. We're on Brown Ambition Podcast. We are at Brown Ambition Podcast on IG. You can also email us, brownambitionpodcast at gmail.com. Com. Until next time. Until Bye. next week. Hey, BA fam, we could not do this show without your support or the support of our team behind the scenes. The Brown Ambition Podcast is produced by Cumulus Podcast Network. It's edited by the wonderful Imani Crosby and produced by Tanya Bustos. Dennis Stemplinski is our in-house tech guru. And I am Mandy Woodruff-Santos, your co-host. And I will see y'all next week. 
movies, TV shows, books, podcasts, and more. It's what women binge with Melissa Joan Hart and her friend Amanda Lee. We have Lauren Bosworth with us. Yay! The Hills. So what is like your number one question from fans? The primary question I still get asked was, what, is it real? <laughs> In 2024, to me, is a surprising question to get because I feel like everybody has been through the reality TV gauntlet at this point. What Women Binge, wherever you listen.